Welcome to Spill the Biz. I'm Sarah Stowe, Head Editor at Inside Franchise Business. Join me as we have candid conversations with leading entrepreneurs and business owners behind some of the world's most impressive franchise brands. At Inside Franchise Business, we acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia. We pay our respects to elders past and present. Today I'm talking with Amber Manning. Amber has been passionate about business since she became Australia's youngest financial services franchisee, owning her own business at just 20. Today, she heads up the largest hairdressing franchise in the Southern Hemisphere, Just Cuts. In her career, Amber has moved from IT into marketing and senior management. She's worked with retail brands as well as management consultants, KPMG and PwC, and held a project leadership role for Mission Australia. The Just Cuts No Appointments Fixed Price Haircuts business model founded by hairdresser Dennis McFadden is a simple model and it's been a success for more than 30 years. Amber began working with Dennis in 2014 and has proved to be a driving force in innovation and global expansion. In this podcast, we talk about her very first ambitions, how she saw opportunities to use her skills in business. We chat about leadership and what it looks like today and discuss how to keep a business true to its principles while still innovating and changing. Amber reveals her secrets to successful small business and offers some advice for keen entrepreneurs wanting to take the plunge and set up in business. And we discover what it is that makes the Just Cuts brand such a success. Amber, welcome. Amber, I'd like to start our chat with a sense of how you have shaped your career. Can we flash back to the early days? What was your goal when you left school and did you have any particular ambition? Wow. Well, I wanted to travel the world. (laughs) That was my goal. (laughs) My uh, aunties were, you know, backpacking all over Africa and and they wanted to travel and and I wanted to travel. So that was my goal uh, when I left school. But thankfully, my mother uh, made me study IT, uh, thinking computers are going to be the next big thing. And uh, I learned how to pull computers apart, put them back together and uh, was, was in the the, the IT space and landed in in marketing and accounting world. So I feel that uh, it's really shaped, you know, the beginning. But my very, very first job was actually sweeping hair for $5 an hour every Saturday when I was at school. <sighs> So I must have been destined because it wasn't it wasn't to, to go into uh, the the hairdressing uh, space, but definitely I ended up in that space. And also in franchising, it's amazing uh, the journey that you you go on. I owned my first franchise uh, when I was twenty years old uh, in in bookkeeping and accounting space, and uh, I got to twenty one and thought. I don't want to be up at 2am doing business activity statements. This isn't for me. I, I want a lifestyle and I want to travel. And uh, I, I was able to sell that business and, um, and and move again more into franchising space and supporting franchisees. So I've really been on a journey and uh, I feel that it's really shaped me, you know, having an IT background, knowing how to put computers together to accounting and marketing. Did you, oh, it's interesting because I, I sort of imagine somehow that IT might be something that you have to have a real interest in to go into to actually kind of pursue that. Was it something that you had a love for anyway or, or did you kind of grow to appreciate what you could do with it in terms of you know, growing that career as you did and moving into new areas? 
Yeah, look, I definitely grew to appreciate it. I believe, you know, when I started my course, you know, I was still at school. I was actually in year 10 and I actually started through TAFE. I didn't go straight to university. So, uh, and that that connected me with my first job and, and grew my love for, you know, I was in it working for a, com- a computer firm at the time. And, uh, you know, in out the back building computers of the guys, which obviously, then shaped my learning for how computers work and, you know, what servers were and how everything connected. And that really sparked my interest. So it's interesting you say that because I've never thought of it like that because I love, you know, even today, I love APIs. Like they're so exciting (laughs) and how, how they work. But that's not to say I'm an IT expert at all, but I do have the basic knowledge. In today's world, particularly at Just Cuts, which is not, um, a technically dependent business how important is it that you that you can bring that knowledge and embrace technology and uh, see those opportunities in business well it's so interesting you say that Sarah because obviously we always say isn't it great you know you, you can't get your hair cut online but I can tell you in the back of my mind we are planning for that because you just never know I don't imagine a robot popping out of a computer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but but we're, we're definitely planning for that. And, I, you know, we've been on a journey with Just Cuts where we've gone from uh, your general using um, paper to making sure that every salon is online and they even have Wi-Fi in their salons. Uh, and that's then gone to, thank goodness, in lockdown and the journey we've just been on the last two years, that we've got apps where you can check in online and you don't have to, uh, you know, walk into the salon, you can sit and wait. So everything that we do now is actually digitally focused uh, in terms of uh, our online e-commerce space, uh, how we make our jo- the job easier for our, st- our team, our stylists at the front line we have two and a half thousand hairdressers that we need to communicate with so you know that digital and technology space we had e-learning obviously it was printed in books then we went to online but guess what hairdressers don't have computers they're you know on their phone on their way to work so they want to watch e-learning on their phone Mm. so we've just been on a real journey uh, in everything that we do we actually say how can we automate it or how can we digit you know make that in that digital space and do you still get involved in that I mean with with your background is that is that something that you say you, yeah, you I kind have, of kind yes, of helped yourself I have sense a real passion involved. for but it's interesting <laughs> because you know we need our accounting team involved we need our legal team involved in, in everything that we do you know you need to make sure that you have your privacy statements and you know everything correct. So it's it's bringing. I guess that's my role is making sure that I'm bringing everyone together. And I, you know, that's my real belief in leadership is that bringing everyone together to collaborate uh, on on that journey. I mean, even myself when we talk about our so even social media, I will actually respond to some of our. Um, you know, clients online, uh, whether it's a, a compliment or a complaint, I make a, a conscious effort once a week to log in and see what our feedback is that we're getting online and respond myself because I want to put myself in the shoes of my team uh, and make sure that, you know, what, what are we doing? Has something come about that, you know, might not have been identified? So I think as a leader, you know, you have the real opportunity to still be in the business, even though you've still got that bird's eye view. And have you mentioned earlier the last couple of years, and obviously you know, every conversation now is 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 sort of constrained by the fact that we've had such a tough 
couple of years in terms of, of COVID and, and all kinds of disasters going on. What has the, that period made a difference to how you lead and how and, and any of the values that you might hold in business? I'm just wondering if there's been a, a change or whether that's a, a position that you've always held. I've always held flexibility in the workplace. I must say that uh, it's allowed us to be much more flexible in terms of obviously remote working. I've had two team members move to Byron Bay and one to Brisbane in this time. Uh, so definitely my leadership has had to change in that collaboration bringing everyone together what does that look like outside of zoom and you know messaging so key to that obviously is is going back to basics of actually picking up the phone and talking to people so i find that you know people are a bit zoomed out at the moment so then they resort to emails and actually things might come across differently so just picking up that phone is is absolutely key in in working with your teams and getting team members to work together it's it's old school, isn't it? And it's funny how it, it sort of kind of comes back and, and that sense of wanting to actually engage yes. and that's in a been, different way. Absolutely. And that's been our focus in the business uh, at a head office level and, and in our teams uh, and our focus areas because we went, oh, gosh, everything's new. We've got to focus on, on what are we going to do that's new because we can embrace this with, with COVID. But actually for us, it's been a lot of let's bring it back to basics and, and go a bit old school because people need to connect. And that's where our communication in video has been, uh, you know, that video engagement, uh, having myself, having my team members on video talking. Uh, we've really embraced uh, Facebook Live where, you know, we, we have online communities now where we're, we're connecting with our team members, we're connecting with our stylists, we're connecting with our small business owners, with our franchisees, and they know who we are and they're learning about us personally. And for, for franchisees who are obviously at the heart of this, you know, the, the small business owners themselves, are they embracing it? Do they enjoy that? way that you know the way of communication the fact that they can perhaps identify more clearly with customers and with head office yes well yeah definitely in terms of the the customer journey in in feedback online i mean we say now you know for us mystery shoppers we have mystery shoppers every day on on social media so you know do we really need mystery shoppers going into stores anymore when you have people giving you feedback across so many different platforms so i think being able to measure in that digital space you know we've set up our reviews and tracking of that and what that looks like in comparison to our competition as well. Uh, so we've been able to really embrace and measure that. Uh, but also we had owners that obviously didn't know what Zoom was or uh, didn't know how to use a QR code. And, you know, now it's QR code, there's QR code on everything. So it's been really exciting journey for us to really bring our owners on that journey. And especially for, you know, those owners meetings, we would normally have uh, owners meetings where everyone would fly in on a quarterly basis. Now, you know, we have even a higher turnout because so many more people can dial in. But we're obviously looking at that hybrid space where we've had, we've had our last two events have actually been a bit of both. So no matter what state we're in where we're running something now, people can log in from anywhere. Now, you mentioned um, just in the, in the conversation previously just a little bit about um, you know, the opportunity that, that COVID brought in terms of trying to do something new and exciting. And 
I just wanted to, to talk about that because Just Cuts is really such a simple idea, isn't it? The no appointments haircut, it's been a sustainable business, it's stayed true to its principles. And I know that you now have more add-ons in terms of services and you've got quite a comprehensive range of products, but I'm interested in how you know when to switch up from what essentially is quite a niche business. It's a core service. How do you know when to switch that up and do something different without losing that brand identity and purpose. Absolutely. Well, that's that's going back to to our customer and listening to our clients. So, uh, the one thing that we we did do just coming out of lockdown was our research piece on on our customers and what are they telling us and what to, what do they like. And to our absolute delight, their their number one favorite thing is being able to check in for a haircut from home. So, isn't it amazing that their their favorite thing was to embrace technology, which is which is fabulous to us. So that's really helped us on our journey to say how else can we support them in that technology space? Uh, and again, that's really helped us to drive our e-commerce space. So we manufacture our own product range uh, and how can we we make those add-ons? So, and again, we say we're relying on our customer feedback. We're actually also relying on our stylist feedback. Again, we have two and a half thousand hairdressers and we want to know what is it that they want? What is it that they're hearing from their customers? So we conduct regular surveys uh, to our closed Facebook group on what are they hearing? Uh, you know, is there a product missing? Is there something we can change in our operations and training? Uh, is there something specific you'd like in your training? So constantly surveying our stylists, which being our team members, and again, constantly, uh, you know, talking to our customers and and really reviewing that feedback as to what they want and what's the process then if you get it if you get all this feedback and I imagine that the, some of it will be consistent and, and so obviously there's a message yes. there some of it might be less you know a little bit more diverse what how do you handle that where do you kind of make those decisions and, and where do you move to Sure. So, I mean, weekly, our compliments and complaints are set out weekly. So everybody sees the compliments and complaints and, and uh, especially even around actioned or, or unactioned so that we can get some learnings from that. So our operations team use that in their areas to focus on, is this a learning? Is it something reoccurring? So our operations support team will look at, okay, on a monthly basis, we might've got three or four of a similar complaint. Is that a training issue or do we need to put some more training around it? Or actually, do we need to go back and look at, you know, is, is a product broken or is something not working? Do we need to go back uh, to our manufacturing side and see what's happening there? And is there a time scale that, that you would say normally would, it would take to get an idea from concept to um, well, that's what I that's what action. I love about uh, family business and small business, Sarah, is that we don't have any red tape. You know, we're very lucky. We're still a, a privately owned business, and I love that. You know, we can we can move quickly and get things done quickly. And I think that that's evident um, in the the face of the last two years. It was we had to make quick decisions and things that would normally take five years were, were taking, you know, three to six months. So uh, we we certainly embrace uh, if it's an idea that we can roll out uh, quick as quickly as we can. Uh, again, it comes down to communication. We need to communicate out to over 220 salons, uh, you know, over 120 business owners and, and three different countries. So the, the key comes down to communication. We can't just roll something out and hope that they'll catch on. A lot of it needs to come into uh, training for our team members and making sure that they've been communicated to before anything is rolled out. Um, you touched on there on, on your three countries. So, I mean, Just Cuts has been 
um, in business in Australia for, for decades. Um, you've now moved the brand overseas, or not now moved it, expanded yes. overseas, which is really is. exciting. So can you just tell us a little bit about that and about how you're sort of approaching that overseas growth? Absolutely. So we're, we're moving to uh, master arrangements internationally. We, we still look after New Zealand uh, here from Australia, but we're looking at it from two perspectives. Obviously, we have Just Cuts Franchising and we have Just as Professional, which is our hair care range. So we're currently uh, exporting our product to five different countries uh, outside of Australia. So that's super exciting for us. So we have a, uh, a, a quite an aggressive plan in regards to making sure that we are able to be uh, start manufacturing Australian-made products as well so that we can uh, start continue to, to export to these countries, but also establishing master arrangements uh, in, in other countries and making sure that we've got the support behind that. So we now have an international business manager who is really connecting in with those masters we, I mean, we just opened our first salon in, in Taiwan over lockdown. Uh, we were very fortunate that one of our team members is Taiwanese, so she's been able to do um, the scripts and voiceovers and, and everything. So we've just, you know, updated all our e-learning and 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 that type of thing. So we've we've been super lucky in that way. You know, we've so we've you know really had to change our, our language as well and the way we look at things and the way we market in different markets. So we're very excited about that and obviously working with Austrade um, and and really looking at how we're exporting just cuts and justice professional uh, globally and that's interesting because as you said your family business still family-owned business and uh, you know, you're, you're expanding that footprint that's a balance isn't it between still being that small you know having the small business mentality if you like in terms of your own franchisees and, and each country has its own Kind of growth plans as a small business, but obviously then moving into being a bit more of an international brand. I would imagine there's a few challenges there in, in keeping that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, for me, it's about honouring our franchisees and in Australia. And I mean, you know, our first franchisee of 30, I think we're heading into 32 years, is, is still with us in the brand today. So our, our tenure for our franchisees uh, is averaging around 15 years at the moment. Uh, last year, we had two franchisees retire. We've just had another franchisee uh, sell for, you know, record price and being able to retire. So for me, it's, and I guess, I think you might have mentioned before that, that legacy brand, it's really honouring, you know, our founder, Dennis, of what he created uh, and our franchisees, you know, they keep us true, especially through our, our FAC, our Franchise Advisory Council, uh, in, you know, what's happening here in Australia and what's important for them. And that really keeps me grounded as to what it is that they want and honouring them and, the, you know, they've helped us build the brand. So what do you, what do you think is key in, in running a small business? Being able to move quickly, Absolutely. Uh, you know, being able to embrace technology, uh, as I said, you know, APIs, I think now in small business, um, you know, it was always budget constraints around 
I don't have millions of dollars to spend on IT. You know, how how can we how can we do this? And I think with with technology and small business now, um, being able to use you know social media is absolutely key. And small business really around networking in your community. Networking is key. Knowing your community, and that's what we're driving uh, for our salons in in every local area now is really connecting with your community. And can you just quickly give us a, an insight into the people who are your franchisees? I mean, is there a, a typical franchisee? Are they all hairdressers, the people that own these salons? No, interestingly en- enough. So we have around, uh, well, probably around 24 owners at the moment that are actually hairdressers and the rest are investors. So we have uh, bank managers, police officers, builders, uh you know, accountants. We've got a few accountants in the group, so uh, it's it's a very interesting uh, mix. So we actually there's not one area that uh, you know of background uh, for us. Obviously, having an interest in in a business, but uh, with our multi selling owners, it's I think that's you know something that we honour and respect too. That our franchisees, when they come on board, all of a sudden they want another one, and that's super exciting for us. And and that's how we've been able to grow through our, our multi unit ownership. And so what do you think um, are, are the sort of obstacles today for, for small businesses, either people wanting to get into a business themselves or who are already operating, you know, one or two of your salons? Already operating, and I think this is for every industry at the moment, is recruitment, trying to get uh, the right team members. So, you know, one of our focus areas is is how do we get new people into the industry uh, that want to be hairdressers? So, again, we're, we're going down pathways for apprenticeship programs, uh, working with, with local governments to help us to be able to, you know, get correct courses and training in place uh, to make sure that uh, we have accredited hairdressers in the business. Uh, so really, I think recruitment is is a key challenge. Obviously, rents are an interesting one. I think a great opportunity if you're going into business right now, a good opportunity to get, get into a lease. But if you're already in one, um, you know, that's <laughs> that's an interesting. Not, not so great. <laughs> no, no, not so, not so great. And, uh, yeah, also an interesting one when you're in the middle of floods. We're just going through that in Lismore at the moment. So uh, we've lost a sell on through the floods. So that's been an interesting one. So, look, it's been. Uh, a, a very much a roller coaster uh, over time, absolutely. But I think if you know, for people looking to get into business, uh, it's really you know, again, it's it's can you get the right team members is is the biggest challenge in in business at the moment. And and just finally, if you had one piece of advice for a would be entrepreneur, so they've got their own business idea, or they're they're really keen to kind of. Um, joining join with someone else's business and it's a franchisee, what, what advice would you offer them in terms of kind of going? Well, absolutely. Do your research, do your due diligence, uh, you know, be able to talk to other people in the business if it is a, if it is a franchise brand. Uh, if you're going into your own business, it, again, it's doing your research and knowing your competition and, you know, can you can you be better than your competition? It's always always keeping ahead of your competition. I think going into business in at, you know, this year or the next few years is super exciting because of technology. I mean, we, we uh, again... Well, just cuts being uh, over thirty years in the business, just as professional. We're we're still growing and um, 
uh, you know, still an up and coming brand, we would say. Uh, but again, you know, over the last few months, we've been able to embrace social media by going into TikTok. We now have 40,000 followers on TikTok. So I would say, fantastic. yeah, it's super exciting. <laughs> uh, we've got, you know, over 5 million views. I mean, you just couldn't get that, you know, you couldn't pay for that on Facebook at the moment. So although our marketers might tell me otherwise, I'm not, I'm not an expert in that space, but uh, they give me all the analytics and apparently that's really good. So uh, <laughs> uh, that's super exciting. So I think, you know, for young entrepreneurs going into business these days, isn't it amazing that you can pull out your phone and be on video and create, you know, people going into business now, people buy from people that they like and people buy from people that they trust. And Aussies love supporting Aussies. We love supporting each other. So I think if you have an idea, go for it. I would say get on TikTok, get on social media. <laughs> Your best communication is is through video and people want to connect with you in that way. And I think that's super exciting, um, you know, for people entering entering the business in, in the new world. So, Amber, funnily enough, we've ended up, we've actually gone full circle. We started talking about <laughs> IT and technology and digital, and, um, and here we are. We're back there again. So, look, it's been lovely chatting with you. I really appreciate uh, your time, and uh, it's been great to hear more about your career and about Discuts. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks again for listening to Spill the Beans. Don't forget to subscribe. And if this podcast has sparked your interest in the world of franchising, make sure you check out our website, insightfranchisebusiness.com.au for more great info and tips on how to get started.